Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. <laughs> Recording in the middle of a little heat wave here. I think, uh, I think that's called Summer Chief. That's called <laughs> Summer in LA. Um, yeah, it's finally warming up in LA. We've kind of been enjoying like weather in the 70s for the past kind of a couple months it felt like really and then now just now it's really finally starting to hit the 80s yesterday was silly hot i know you went for a hike yesterday um yeah i don't know how you did that it was like 95 degrees out i think at one point which was it was pretty wasn't gnarly, smart so yeah. i hope you were hydrating and had your gatorade with you <laughs> um what a weekend you and i had we went on a little matt and lucas adventure to highland park highland bowl for the first time anyone in la is familiar with that um Really, my first time going out in the uh, the Highland Park area in general. Got to meet some sick people too at another bar we went to after. I don't even remember what that bar was called, but Gold Line, I think. It <laughs> Gold was. Line, yeah. Uh, met some sick people, and yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's hard. Sometimes I don't remember to appreciate the fact that I live in LA, and there's just like a lot of cool people here to meet randomly. But yeah, dude. I uh, I definitely time. enjoyed that. Got some street some sweet street hot dogs that I, <laughs> I, I definitely paid overpaid about $10 for cause I was too <laughs> hammered to worry about we're pretty hammered change back or anything, but that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think they were like $10 for two. I just gave the guy a 20. I'm like, just keep it, man. Yeah. It. <laughs> right outside the bar. Yeah. That's it was cool. It's all two, two like indie bands basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, they were really sick and, I uh, kind of had a lot to drink, and it was great. It was, was a awesome. great Saturday. And then I just started, Lucas, I just started watching Barry. Nice. Uh, I've been hearing about this show for a while, and I got to say, again, especially living in L.A., just like watching it is just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, just like the kind of stereotypes. And uh, they had one line that really stuck with me. Where they're like, oh, no one's actually from L.A. And it's just like... <laughs> I don't know it's cool. It's like a just like a melting pot, but really enjoying that show. And then you want to give people the the rundown on oh, Barry. Yeah, I don't think yeah, a lot of people I have should. even really seen it. Which or is it's kind of a low key. It's kind of a low. It's key like a show, low key banger, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Like it's really really well received from anyone that watches it. But yeah, so uh, it's starring Bill Hader, and it is essentially a hitman, um, like a low level hitman, uh, military veteran from Afghanistan. Um, gets assigned a mission, a hit in the LA area, uh, in NoHo. And eventually, um, like kind of befriends and runs into his target at an acting class. And then it kind of just goes from there and he realizes he, he loves acting and he wants to be an actor. And that's kind of, it's kind of where I'm at. I'm only on episode three, I think right now, but it's been a pretty fast paced show so far. Uh, emotions all over the place, but yeah, uh, it's a dark comedy. It's a good one. Too. It's it like pretty. Uh, I mean, there's like a lot of, it, you know, hitman, ex-hitman, death, violence, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But ultimately, it's. I mean, it's a comedy. It's Bill Hader. So, mm-hmm. and I just made a really big commitment. I just ordered uh, Persona Five. Nice. Oh, you ordered it. Well, I was gonna buy it online or like just in the PlayStation Store, but it, per, Persona Five Royale was sixty bucks still in the PlayStation. Play. Yeah, I can't talk. The PlayStation Store. And then I checked on Amazon and it was like 24 bucks wow. and I would get a hard copy of it too. And I like having hard copies. So I was like, well, not really much uh, competition here. I can delay a day to get this a little bit later. So 
there you go. But yeah, nice. super excited for that one. That'll be like really other than Chrono Trigger, because I don't really count Kingdom Hearts as a JRPG to be honest, like a true JRPG. But this will be my first real proper uh, JRPG experience, I'd say. So I'm really excited to dive into that one. Play that one for leisure. Uh, maybe we can do it for the pod eventually, because I'm sure I'll be playing it for a while. But yeah, um, yeah, really excited to uh, to jump into that one and see what's cracking. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I've always heard great things about Persona 5 and for a lot of people like I know it's like their favorite game. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I've heard people be... that have put just like hundreds of hours, it's a hundred hour game nuts. minimum. Easily. I've heard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which like true to the JRPG kind of genre, just like an ex- extremely long turn based fun game. You know, it looks it just always looked cool. So I'm, I'm excited for you. Has to a lot of like dating sim emula- er, elements. I think. Yeah. Too, really fun yeah. To <laughs> <laughs> that looks pretty cool. Um, plus, it's like kind of anime style. So I'm, I'm sure you'll dig it. Half the reason I'm picking it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, today, just to uh, pop on over to our, our main topic for the day, we're going to be talking about, um, there's just been so much news. It's it's really been crazy. So for those of you that, that haven't been really keeping up, um, you know, this is the time of year typically where we would see something like an E3. Um, E3 has been a staple in the video games industry for so long, um, but it's actually been... After a couple of years of it being a little bit wonky, you know, 2020 and the pandemic hitting it going digital, um, it actually was canceled, like fully canceled the digital and physical uh, conference of E3 normally held in our in our city, L.A. And uh, the slot that was taken up this year for E3 has really been the Summer Game Fest, um, which has been going on for a while. It's actually still going on right now at the time of this recording and new video game news is still coming out. AKA and the the not E3. <laughs> they're calling it the not E3. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's kind of funny just the the weird branding level that we're at. I mean, no, no matter what, if there's a conference at this time of year with a bunch of gaming news, it's just called E3 or it's just like E3 has to kind of be the name because it's just been yeah. a household thing for 30 years. Um, so the Summer Game Fest has been really fun with developers showing up uh, and, you know, all sorts of really cool gaming news, although the presentation... People have been very critical of the presentation, uh, just being lackluster in general, which we're definitely going to talk about. Um, But yeah, basically me and Matt have just put together some stuff that we're excited for, uh, games that have come out, um, hot takes that we got, and uh, we'll just be covering not E3 on this episode. So gear up, everybody. We're going to be talking about new games. Not E3. Classic. (laughs) Uh, So I want to start just with everyone's favorite video game, Dunkey, did a video kind of just covering... um, everything that's been going on in the Summer Games Fest. And I just, something I really appreciate about Dunkey, and I know you and I have talked about this, Lucas, before too, is he's a huge YouTuber, but he's not like a YouTuber, you know, in the right. in the sense of how we think about it today, where it's the vlogs, the, you know, the the streaming constantly, the, the just chatting rooms, like the people might do on Twitch or whatever, what have you. He's just a very honest, like, He's just a fucking nerd and it's awesome. And he just makes yeah. really funny videos and it's beautiful. And <laughs> like he made a video kind of covering what's been going on in E3 and about half that video was dedicated to him shitting on the streaming personalities that they had up posing some of the stuff. Um, and to be fair, I don't follow these streamers too closely. So maybe they do d- deep dive into games more than I think. But I mean, there's just some of them. Like there's this one guy named Mizkiff, um, who I believe is mostly just a just chatting streamer. I could be wrong. But he's talking about like, oh yeah, man, I play platformers every day. You know, I play uh I play Jump King. Uh I play lots of others. I play Jump King. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then 
they're talking about like some game that was getting presented and he's just like oh yeah man it looks like a bunch of uh you know it looks like that one game uh like those older GameCube games, you know? And just like can't really name any other game. Like probably only... You can just see like the neurons firing off in his head of like Valorant, Jump King, you know, like League of Legends probably. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's um, it, it was, it's interesting that that... I, I, the reason I bring this up is I think it's very telling kind of like where the industry is at as far as media personalities go in that regard that those are the people that get brought on instead of the people like say a donkey who would probably actually have critical analysis with a comedic, um, you know, a comedic undertone as well. Granted, he obviously has never like carried himself in a way that would indicate he wants to be a presenter. But my point is that like, just because someone plays video games and streams a lot, doesn't mean they're going to be a good like announcer for a video game and being able to provide like any immediate good, analysis on a video game either and this is a very broad thing i should say like i don't know ms kiff at all like this is just very surface level but like just from the bits i got which obviously were also very like timed by donkey to be kind of funny um that was the general vibe i got so yeah i mean they're different skill sets right i mean i think with something like the summer game fest it's a fairly new event um it's been going on in the last couple years really it was an all digital conference. You know, there wasn't a big press conference room with a thousand journalists. It was just people presenting. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people they got, like like Matt's talking about, is uh, some people in the streaming community are streamers. And uh, they're just, it's a different skill set being a streamer versus being a presenter. And uh, some of it really did shine through as, as a different skill set for some of these people, you know. Um, and I don't know. I think it it's sort of like, the video games industry is in this this weird zone with like marketing where they're just taking like popular figures that are popular with their own community and in their own way and then just kind of really trying to put them in front of a general audience. And I just don't I'm not sure if that's really the way to go. I mean, like a few years ago, Ninja was just the most popular person on the planet and like was selling stuff in Target and like that came and went so quickly. Um, and although a streamer can have like a ton of popularity with their audience, it doesn't mean that they can talk about, you know, a brand new indie platformer that's coming out made by a developer that they're not, they don't have a relationship with necessarily. And, mm-hmm. you know, it used to be on the E3, in the E3 days, you know, 15 years ago, it's like someone like <laughs> Reggie would come out and, you know, really present a game in a really like a marketable way, you know, like a true, a true presenter type of press conference. And now it's, uh, leaning into personalities that have really grown just in the last few years. And it's it's very different. It's very, very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, some of the presentations they did have are just kind of like, I just don't buy into it anymore. Like for Modern Warfare, they were talking about how, oh, I mean, for one, this is the reboot of Modern Warfare, right? So let's Modern start Warfare, there. Modern Warfare 2. Modern Warfare 2, that was going to be yeah. coming out. And then the... Uh, I guess game director came out and she was talking about how, oh, in 2019, Modern Warfare changed everything. It's like, that game changed nothing. (laughs) That game changed nothing. It was just like a, it wasn't even an original title. Like, I don't know how you can make that claim. I was just blown away. And I will say, and this is again from Nucky's video, he was really shitting on the campaigns quite a bit. I like Call of Duty campaigns. I'm going to say it. I really do. I think if you just look at it as a very short, like self-contained eight hour experience and you go into the mentality of, Hey, I'm going to play a fun action movie. I think, I think they're a good time. I will say that. Yeah. 
they're fine. I mean, we talked about that in our Modern Warfare episode. You know, they're they're a decent action movie. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny. I think that uh, it just it just feels like sometimes with these newer conf- or these conferences in general, they're just talking. It's like preaching to the choir kind of thing. It's just like, you know, people, you know, the director of Call of Duty talking about Call of Duty and, to Call of Duty fans. It just yeah. feels it's just like, oh, yeah, and we're remaking Modern Warfare 2 and it's going to be the same but better. And, you know, of course, all the Call of Duty fanboys who buy it every yeah. year are going to love that. And it's just it just feels like a really weird, uh, weird messaging for sure. Um, I definitely do miss some of the older E3s where it truly felt like it was a different thing. There could have been something potentially new and fun and different, but it's just more of the same for sure. Yeah, uh, it's going to be like a challenge, right? I mean, I think this maybe is kind of like just a, yeah, a challenge that the games industry has to get through with these like presentations and stuff and how the, um, pres- and how the, I was going to say, yeah, how they present what their they're games talking about and how they're talking about and how they like convey their messaging to the audiences and like the ideas they dig into because, I don't know. I think in a lot of ways, and we can get into this more, but I think games is having kind of like a creativity issue where we're seeing just kind of a lot of ideas rehashed and reused over and over, some to some extremes, which right. we can get into. Yeah. I mean, they're getting, it's like, you know, remaking, and you wrote it here on the note sheet, you know, remastering Spider-Man uh, like was a big deal like was a headline item for this not e3 thing and it you know it's like there people were upset that they didn't see the reboot stuff for fable they didn't see the reboot stuff for perfect dark um which are both games that have been announced and it's like why are people it's actually a headline that we didn't see a, a preview of a reboot or a remaster or a remake uh, because I, apparently people really want to see that kind of stuff. And to me, that's that's a little disheartening. It's like there was a decent slew of like new IP stuff um, here and there, like in the indie scene. They just did show a lot of like, I don't know, just like cute indie game and then another cute indie game. And uh, it, it just didn't feel like there was a ton of really splashy ideas uh, that were being thrown out there. Just either reboot remake of a AAA title Um, or just like polar opposite cute indie uh and that just that just feels a little bit lame (laughs) yeah well it's a bummer too because i mean i think it's great that the indies are still doing their unique ideas but it's a bummer that you don't see any triple a's really kind of you know pushing pushing the boundary anymore like talk about this game so much but you'll never see another game like killer seven made it's just not going to happen you know Mm -hmm. um and it's a shame that we don't see anyone or any developers big name developers really pushing that boundary anymore but right, right and yeah i mean i'll just talk about it right now because i want to all the stuff with like all the remakes and the remasters to me it's the same thing as disney making all their fucking animated movies live action movies now i mean i think there's well there's re4 remake which is to um, that's fair, the only one i'm excited are, for that's mm-hmm, the only one and, i'm excited for we're going to be using both terms here so everyone knows in case anyone's unfamiliar. Um, a remake would be like from the ground up a remake of the game. Like it's the same baseline, like the same idea and same concepts are used for the game. But as far as, you know, engines, assets, gameplay, Final Fantasy Seven, Final Fantasy Seven, the remake, it's all done from the ground up. Whereas a remaster, like what we were talking about with Spider-Man, would be keeping the same core. All the gameplay would be the same, essentially. Everything would be that. Um, no, no changes there. But it's just kind of like a graphical update. It's just up-resed. <laughs> up-resed, basically, to make it look a little bit better, which is yeah. 
very silly because Spider-Man is also like, I don't know. It, it, it came out on the PS4 like tail end and it already looks great. Like yeah. there's nothing to remaster. I think the only reason they're calling it is a remaster is because it's also coming out in the PC. Now it's getting ported to the PC. So I think that's kind of how they're like pushing the marketing on it as well to make it seem like a new thing rather than just a port. And because I mean, yeah. a PC can handle more graphically, I guess I'm sure there'd be like ray tracing and stuff thrown in. Um, but like the last of us part one is getting a remaster or remake rather, which is just, I don't know. I mean, it's not that new of a game. I mean, when did that one come out? Last of us part one. Um, well on PS4, it was the last generation. It came out on PS4 on in 2013. So nine years. I mean, that's not like old. And then it got, it came out on the PlayStation four a year later too. So, I don't think that's one that really needs. Yeah, it's it's super weird. I mean, I the reason I'm excited for the Resident Evil. You know why they're doing remake, is because they're making the movie or not the movie. The yeah, they're making the show and they so just want to cross. It, yeah, they just want more, that that cross pollination there with the marketing. I mean, I, I think that I'm, I'm excited for the Resident Evil 4 remake because one, I mean, that game came out in 2004, 2005, like three generations ago. And in that game, like the the game design really needs a revamp because like you can't even strafe in Resident Evil 4 because like it, it's that old. You know, mm-hmm. so certain certain things like really you need you kind of need it. Like, I mean, Resident Evil one got the remake because Resident Evil one, the original game is like almost unplayable by modern control standards and things like that. But it just feels like this is the new marketing catch all for like game of the year edition mm-hmm. or like complete edition is to just call something a remaster. Uh, maybe you include the DLC that came out over the last couple of years and you release it on the next gen and uh I guess that's kind of what this generation's getting at is like, oh, this is the remastered version, so we can now charge it full price again. It loop in some of that DLC. It looks a little bit better. Um, like not even like you could only really tell how much better it looks if you seriously look at the side by sides. No one's gonna be playing Spider-Man PS4 version and go like, oh, this looks like shit. Like <laughs> you you would feel yeah. that if you played Resident Evil 4, the original which is again why it might need a remake. It's just weird to remake stuff that's like 10 years old or or less. I mean, like graphic it's not like graphics have made some sort of insane leap in the last 10 years. They everything generally to me looks I mean, unless you're really looking at like real Unreal Engine 5 versus 4, like certain types of really crazy textures or particles. It's like games look great from 10 years ago. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they really do. Yeah, no, I mean, I I totally agree and it's just I don't know. I think it's a little lazy, and I I think maybe the games industry is just at a bit of a creativity crisis or identity crisis. I don't know. Yeah, but it's a bummer because like a lot of what's on here too, like what was announced, I'm not really that excited for. Um, I, there are there are some cool stuff. Like I saw one called Nightingale. It looks cool. It's like a survival open world fantasy game. Um, there's one that came out recently called Neon White, which is like a game designed to be like a speed running uh, first person shooter game. Um, the tagline was by freaks for freaks. Which That's is super pretty cool. cool. Um, but yeah, a lot of stuff that just seems kind of, uh, I don't know, just not that inspired, I guess is what I would say. Yeah. And I think the, the main like point driving it home for me is probably Starfield. 
um, like everything that we're talking about, I feel like Starfield is the logical conclusion of of everything we're talking about with with games industry. You know, yeah, it's give like, us a give us a breakdown of Starfield. So Starfield is Bethesda's brand new huge AAA open world RPG. I mean, it is the like you know everybody's played Skyrim, everybody's played Fallout. This is Bethesda's brand new series, Starfield, and. You know, it takes place in the year 2300, um, you know, around a thousand different planets. And uh, it's a sci-fi game where you're exploring, flying a spaceship, customizing your spaceship, customizing your character. Um, it's an RPG, right? So, you know, it's Bethesda, so you can expect certain things. You could expect quite a bit of character customization, probably some base building, lots of crafting and things like that. Um, now, what's to me very, I guess... And, you know, Bethesda Xbox showed uh, 15 minutes, a 15 minute demo of Starfield and kind of went into a little bit of the story. Uh, this is the first big reveal of the game. And this is one of the most anticipated games of the last few years since it got announced several years ago. Uh, originally slated to come out this year, but it got pushed to the following year, 2023. Um, now, to me, this game's weird because one, we already have No Man's Sky, a great space game with crafting, mining, base building, exploring and we have Outer Worlds, which is an amazing AAA RPG in mm -hmm. space in a star system with a ton of personality and humor. Totally, totally close. I mean, made by the same team as Fallout New Vegas. Um, Starfield's going to have, you know, star, starship customization, apparently a thousand planets to explore, which many of screams procedural generation to me. So, you know, maybe there's going to be a, a 50 to 100 planets to actually explore and the rest are just going to be resource planets that are just procedurally generated yeah i think they've mentioned that as well that it'll be like super clear which ones are actually worth going story or story i should say and the rest will just be kind of like oh procedural generation probably with some monsters thrown on yeah so there's gonna be 50 planets and there's gonna be 50 to 100 actual planets in the game and the rest are just gonna kind of be fun to just go to mm -hmm. um shooting i mean just looking at the demo the shooting mechanics looked a little underwhelming and some of the rpg elements were like okay, they're kind of cool. There's like five different uh, like five different segments that you can kind of spec into physical, social, combat, science, and tech. Um, still a downgrade from where things were at peak fallout, I'd say, like where there was way more areas to go into and like way more skill sets. This stuff kind of just feels like it's just... My concern is what I don't want is for the game to ultimately come down to whether I'm going to shoot someone or hit someone with a hammer. Like, I, I I don't want one thing to be like the physical combat melee spec while something's just the gun spec. Uh, and that'd be very, very limited gameplay wise. And I think that they Fallout 4 really fell into that sort of thing. So I don't want this to really fall into it. It looks like it's bouncing back a little bit from that. I did see like lock. I don't know though, man. Cool. I, it kind of just looked like it was falling into a lot of the traps these games typically do fall into. Um, both Bethesda and Obsidian's games, which is, and to be clear, like I'm a, I think Outer Worlds is victim of this too, where it's just, oh, you happen to have 99 speech, you can just talk your way through this fight completely, you know. And I mean, literally, one of the classes they highlight is, oh, you're a diplomat, oh, you know, is mm -hmm. uh, yeah. could be useful here, which I don't know, that's okay to an extent when like the games have really good writing, but when you look at say. I don't know. I'm, I'm not very bullish, I'll guess. I guess I'll just say on Bethesda versus like what a company like Obsidian can do with their writing. Um, so I'm uh, I'm pretty bearish right now on Starfield, I'd say. Me too. I mean, it, it just looks like a colorless 
Outer Worlds slash No Man's Sky that is kind of uninspired and basically just has classes ported over from Fallout, like Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 with more space. But less. Yeah, but like less of that even. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can customize your spaceship. That sounds fun. Um, You can make it look different or fly different or whatever. And then the other thing too is your character won't be talking in this game, unlike Fallout 4. Um, So those are like big things that they made a point about. Yeah. Um, So I get it. They're trying to bounce back from like a lot of the mistakes they made in Fallout 4, but it's still like, it's just going to be in this really weird zone where, you know, we've had No Man's Sky for years. It's a great game. I played it. I've been playing it myself and we played Outer Worlds for this podcast and we both absolutely loved it. And Outer Worlds 2 is on its way. Uh, and that's being worked on right now. So Starfield's coming one too late and two, it really might be a, too little uh, with what they're trying to offer here. So I'm I'm with Matt here. I'm a little bearish on Starfield, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, could surprise us. You never know. Could It could. It could. I guess we'll see when it comes out. And it's not coming out again till till next year. So it's going to be a while. Uh, one thing I am uh, bullish on actually is uh, Street Fighter Six. Uh, Street Fighter Six got announced a little while ago. Uh, they released uh, an announcement trailer here, and uh, the trailer actually got me pretty hyped. Um, obviously, it's no secret me and Matt love fighting games, although we've really only played a lot of Smash, uh, and I've personally played a lot of Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, but I've always wanted to get into Street Fighter. And uh, I think this is a really cool looking entry point. It's like got a hip hop vibe. It's actually got a really cool single player mode. That's like an open world single player mode with like a Yakuza vibe where you're like running around the city finding fights. Looks like Questy even. So yeah, yeah. looks really, really cool. Um, obviously, it's a, it's Street Fighter. It's a fighting game. You know what you're going to get. If it's a cool balanced game with really fun characters, definitely going to try it out. I got my fight stick already. Uh, and I'll, I'll definitely be be giving this one a go. So excited and bullish for uh, Street Fighter Six. Yeah, I've never been too big, honestly, into like traditional honestly, fighting the, games. Yeah, the only fighting games I really enjoyed were kind of the bullshit anime ones, like Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm or like Dragon Ball <laughs> Z Budokai and Budokai Tenkaichi. Uh, other than that, obviously, I played a bunch of Smash, but that's very different from a game like. Street Fighter or um, Mortal Kombat or, more, or, or even yeah. or even a Tekken or something, right? So super sweaty. Super I'm trying to get sweaty. Really sweaty. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm that sweaty. I don't know if I'm willing to commit to, you know, copping yeah. a fight stick. But <laughs> I'm sure I'll play a few rounds at your place at some point <laughs> for sure. Um, and the next one I want to touch on here is the new Cuphead DLC was announced. Uh, so that one looked really cool. Uh, man, I, I should I didn't write down the name on the note sheet. You might have to go Google for it real quick. But what I did notice in the gameplay that they showed, there is a double jump and there is a crouch dance, crouch dash in this one. It looks really cool. And a female character um, beside Cuphead. So that looks really mm-hmm. cool. Obviously, the delicious Cuphead. last course. The deli- Yeah, yeah. Animation. This one's of been touted for, for quite a while, actually. OK, cool. There's been cool. a lot of talk about this coming out. I think it's gotten delayed a few times. And I forget where, but I do remember reading a quote where, and I really appreciated this quote where the head guys, I forget the brothers, I forget their names, but they're like, yeah, we don't really give a fuck when it comes out. I'm paraphrasing. We don't really care when it comes out. Uh, we just care about our staff. So it That's seems good. like they were very anti-crunch crunch culture, which is good. And that was uh, inspiring. Yeah, to, totally. To they, I, this DLC that they showed off was a full boss fight. It looked great. It made me miss Cuphead. Um, it looked like beautiful as ever. 
And uh, the, just the animation, the new animations that they were showing on the female character were really, really awesome. And uh, man, that double jump, just so many possibilities. If you watch the gameplay, it was super sick. Go go back and listen to our, to our Cuphead episode. Everyone. That was a good one. Yeah. I still remember the realization, spending three hours on the final boss, and then like just realizing we needed to switch controllers. Switch controllers. Because <laughs> <laughs> we had the different toolkits that suited each other better. Insane. <sighs> insane. Oh, man. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to touch on here was not, not specifically, I'm not sure if this was announced at the festival itself or the digital conference rather, but this was, this is about a week old, this news, uh, Riot and Game Pass. This right here is seriously making me realize that like the next decade is seriously going to belong to Microsoft and Riot. Like I firmly believe that I've been saying that I think Riot is the new Blizzard. Um, of like the next 10 years, like everything that Blizzard was 10 years ago is totally what Riot is going to be and more. And this right here is insane. Game Pass and Riot have combined. And now if you have Game Pass, you are going to get access to uh, all of the agents in Valorant, all of the champions in League of Legends and League of Legends Wild Rift. And you're going to get access to uh, a lot of the like, what do you call them? Little champs in TFT. Mm hmm. It's insane. I mean, like that is like such a deal. It's a huge like, value. It's a huge value. Yeah, because like come with skins. No, no skins. It does not come with okay, skins. I was gonna say. Um, but That'd little, like their whole little legends model gone. Little yeah, legends, yeah. Little I, um, little legends is what I meant to say for TFT. But yeah, I gotta say, Lucas, you really baited me when you sent me this article because <laughs> I thought it meant that like Valorant and stuff was coming to Xbox, which it isn't. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, kind of crazy, honestly. I I feel like Riot is potentially giving up just a lot of money. That said, I'm sure, however, they did strike this deal with Microsoft. The trade off was, you know, enough and insane for them to make it worth it. (laughs) Yeah, where they can, you know, weigh that out. So interested to see how that shapes out. Uh, I mean, it's going to be huge for a lot of people. I think it's going to get a lot more Game Pass subscriptions now just from that alone. People don't, don't even own an Xbox, just want to have access to all that stuff. Yeah. So I think so it's they, cool, honestly. And I mean, I don't know. It's amazing. I, I mean, I have Game Pass and I play a bunch of TFT, so I'm going to use it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll definitely be swapping out my my little legend like every single game once this this whole deal drops. And there's still a few months Actually, out. Actually, really oh honest. man, I don't know. I really like my, I've had my same little little bird guy for so long. <laughs> I don't know. I need, a, I need a new one for sure. I got, I'll take some new arenas if it has arenas. Oh yeah, that'd be, oh, that'd be yeah. sick. I mean, check this out. I mean, I, there's an article here from theloadout.com and they actually just calculated how much it would cost to buy you know, 160 champions in league and all 19, 18 or 19 agents inside Valorant. And it's $1,500. So, oh, and all the little legends too. So, you know, when you combine up the value, it's like, dude, this, it's a is, no-brainer. this is this is a no brainer. It's insane. I mean, I think every League of Legends player is definitely going to get Game Pass once this drops. I think every Valorant player is going to have to get Game Pass, assuming you haven't bought everybody, um, which most of the gaming audiences in those games have not bought all those agents and champions. It's just, it's just going to be so good. And I think... This is seriously solidifying like the dominance. I mean, the 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 moves that Microsoft has been making from a business perspective are just outstanding in the last mm-hmm. like year or two years. And we've talked about it before. They're they're really in the lead. I mean, they're very, very far ahead. And PS Plus stuff just dropped this past week, actually. Um, and I think it's been like a really quiet launch. It's been a little underwhelming for a lot of people. Um 
you know, we talked about the launch uh, about a month ago with some of the games that that was coming out, but it just really, this like, this completely counters anything that PS Plus was like trying to tell us. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of sloppy so far too. I went into it and I checked out the UI uh, last night, actually, when I was trying to find how much uh, Persona 5 was. And it's just, yeah, it it just wasn't clean. It was kind of confusing. It was just so much of, look at me, I'm here. But like not a lot of, it wasn't easy to navigate and like clear, like where to go to find the free games versus the game trials. Just very, it it just felt very convoluted um, and trying to be a little too loud. Yeah. 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 Well, man, I mean, obviously we have PS5s. We like the hardware. I like what it's doing, but wow, Game Game Pass is just blowing it out of the water and, and, and probably will keep doing so. So uh, tons of really big gaming news uh, in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, uh, what's been notably absent, obviously, is Nintendo's presence. Uh, they're looking like they're going to do a Nintendo Direct uh, in the next week or so on June 29th is, is the current rumor. Uh, which I'm excited for. I mean, there's definitely a lot of Nintendo stuff I'd like to see. Um, I don't think they'll bring any news that's as big as what we just mentioned right now, but probably some probably some good stuff for the remainder of the year. Uh, and what was notably absent, uh, no Outer Worlds 2 stuff yet, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. no Halo Infinite updates, no God of War Ragnarok showcases at all, um, and the Fable and Perfect Dark reboot were um, notably missing. Uh, so far from the Games Fest. So a uh, lot of stuff still to be desired. And uh, oh, the Kojima thing. Completely forgot to touch on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, real quick too, though. I did, I know at least for Outer Worlds too, I forget when they announced it, but when they did, they very explicitly the said like, yeah, we have no idea when this is coming out, but like, <laughs> just know it, it's going to happen someday, which yeah, I can appreciate. I mean, especially with how, you know, the word how lasered in kind of the industry is right now and kind of being critical of crunch crunch culture and things like that i think that was a smart move and a good move on so many fronts for sure i hope it's Uh, soon though i want to play that game (laughs) yeah yeah i mean even if it's uh, like i wonder if it would even come out around the same time as starfield it's probably going to come out after starfield um you know late 2023 or something i'd say late 2023 yeah starfield's coming out next year probably you know summer of next year um and then or maybe even holiday next year uh depending on how big the game is and uh you know outer worlds is definitely coming out at least late 2023 or or after that outer worlds 2 that is maybe Um, even 2024 honestly yeah um Oh, the big news was uh, Kojima, uh, Kojima, uh, Hideo Kojima, you know, famous video game auteur, Death Stranding, you know, Metal Gear and all that stuff, um, announced his exclusive partnership with Microsoft, um, you know, very famously had ties with Sony for a very long time, um, has had a really crazy couple of years with, um, you know, getting kicked out of his game studio are getting kicked off of his publisher and then uh, the release of Metal Gear Survive. It's just been a really weird uh, few years for Hideo Kojima. So he recently got an exclusive partnership with uh, Microsoft and uh, will be developing a brand new game and actually announced that a brand new game is in the works in a very short video. Um, we don't know what the game is. There's a lot of speculation on the type of, of the type of game it could be. Um, over the years that he's been in the public eye, he's talked about different game ideas he's wanted to try. And a lot of people are kind of speculating on what that might be, whether that's his collaboration with Guillermo del Toro 
or even ideas he was touting as far back as his NES days from from like the 80s. There's like ideas from way back there that people are speculating. So we'll see. Um, I mean, I always like uh, somebody with as creative of a voice and, and sort of a reputation as Kojima to have a home and have the capacity to create. So hopefully they just give him free reign, let him do his thing, and uh, he'll he'll probably make something really great for sure. Yeah, curious to see what he'll do. Um, I don't know. He liked twelve minutes, so I'm I'm not sure how <laughs> God. excited I am for anything he does these days. But I mean, That's it's Kojima, so weird so. that he liked twelve minutes. Uh, I don't know, man. I got nothing to say to that. Go watch the twelve or go to listen to our twelve minutes episode, everyone. If you haven't, that is a odd game. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Just watch a twelve minutes playthrough and make your own yeah. decision on that one. It was, <laughs> it was not great, but you know the playable teaser PT. Remember that. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about that in a in an Anything's Possible episode several months ago. But I mean, just the quality of what Hideo Kojima could make, especially when he was like collaborating with Guillermo del Toro and everything. It's like, dude, I mean, if we get some sort of cool, like high concept horror or just high concept, you know, I guess a high con- any high concept game of any kind from this guy. I'll just I'll be I'll be excited. I'll definitely want to play it. Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, I'm excited for someone like this to be empowered to make more video games, but. I'm still allowed to question their taste. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I think that's kind of uh, our quick pass at everything that uh, that was coming around this naughty three. Uh, Do we miss anything, Matt? Uh, I think that is, uh, that's it. Yeah. I mean, there's we'll there'd be, if we talked about everything, this would be a 10 hour episode. So. Yeah. Yeah. And to be, to be clear too, this is actually still ongoing uh, right now. In fact, this week, uh, there are or have been uh, showcases on Final Fantasy VII stuff. There has been an Overwatch 2 event as well. Um, and, or sorry, there will be a Xenoblade Chronicles and a Focus Entertainment showcase this coming week. So there's still, still a lot going on. Um, there's actually a Summer Games Fest uh, website, just summergamefest.com, if anybody's interested. Um, today, they're doing a Multiverses Pro Player Showcase. Mm-hmm pretty cool very very cool fun stuff all righty anything else that's all i got man all righty everyone well this has been well actually hold <laughs> <The> up <plugs>. <laughs> everyone uh don't forget if you haven't already uh, tell a friend about the podcast that's how the probably the best way for us to grow we love to get more wonderful people like yourselves listening and involved uh if you want shoot us an email at explainpod at gmail.com you can find us on twitter tiktok and instagram at tfp podcast it's at tfp podcasts with an s at the end um and the link tree there on any of those social media handles you can find links to our discord um you can also find a link to our discord on thanks for playing dot live that is our website thanks for playing dot live uh and if you want to hang out with your good buddy matt you can follow me on twitter at good idea matthew lucas where can good people find you you could find me on Instagram at GoodIdeaLucas. And of course, you can message me on Discord. Uh, talk to me about your opinions on the Riot Game Pass situation or the Resident Evil 4 remake. Do we need it? Do we not need it? Uh, hit me up there and uh, let's chat. Love it. All right. For real this time, this has been. Thanks for playing. Catch you next time. Scooby-Dooby. Thanks for playing as a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Royal Call Bunch and Red Circle 